mean, he tried to do this already once and he got caught? Have we tried stopping him? Cutting them. Liquidation sale, they all must go. <laughs> all wives and kids must go! It's a bad name. You give Pagnuses a bad name. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Sister X podcast. I am Rose and this is Stephanie. Hi. Um, we talk about true crime and creepy <clears throat> things and whatever else, you know, just the things. We talk about trunk crime and true crime. <laughs> I got so excited. Trunk crimes. Trunk crimes. We talk about trunk crimes. Dead a problem crimes. that is devastating our nation. God damn it. <laughs> Fucked everything up. Um, if you're new with us, uh, listen to our old episodes. Didn't mean to clap at you. Um, if you're new to us, listen to our old episodes. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all the things. Let us know how we're doing. All that fun stuff. Um, but today we are going to get into a story. Stephanie's going to read us a story today. <gasps> yes. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another tale of murder, mayhem, and madness. Spooky, scary. <laughs> I'm excited. Today we are headed back to Oregon to unearth the story of Ward Weaver III, a murderous cog in the hereditary death machine known as the Weaver family and responsible for the deaths of two teenage Oregon city girls. Oh. <gasps> Oof. Now, I am stoked about today, which is kind of weird because, you know, typically, you know, we don't like to get super excited about, you know, murdery stuff. We do, though. It's unfortunate, it, but we, we do. We're those people. True crime. So are you. Yeah. That's why you're listening. Exactly. We all have true crime owners. Shame. Shame. So shameful. <laughs> because of uh, this is the first official fan requested episode. Woo! Like, I feel like that's not cool. Like, ding, you, ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 hell yeah! And um, just yeah, quick shout out, thank you, Matt, and thank you guys all so much for keeping and like, like this was really fun, and I liked having like someone's inspiration to go off of. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, cool. So if you guys have any anything you want to like hear in particular, email us, like hit us up. Yeah, we'll give you all the information at the end, or you can see our Facebook page or what have you for all that info. Please let us know. We love getting those ideas and stories and things. Yeah. Slide into our DMs. Appropriately. With murder. Mayhem and not, not. I feel like appropriately with murder. Appropriate murder. Like, not okay. like, I'm gonna murder you. That's, upward inflection question. You? And it's like, does like the lowercase, uppercase, and it's like the spam. Like <laughs> it's like, Anyways, if you have suggestions for stories, please contact us. Let us, us know. Let us know. <laughs> let us know. Uh, much like my episode on Columbine, I remember this scene unraveling, like, watching it on the news. Miranda was one month older than I was at the time, uh, which I'm sure, like, struck fear into any girl's parents at that, like, just I sitting bet. there watching it. So, yeah, we were, like, sitting at the TV, and I, like, saw all the white tented shrouds all over the property, and just watching the cops and all these, like, coroners and investigators going in and out. It was, It yeah, sounds, like, vaguely familiar, up. but I don't really, wait, oh, we'll get into it. You're like, wait. Like it, I don't, I don't remember it. Uh, maybe 2002. So I was still in California, I think. So it's probably wasn't like, and this is like Oregon City. So for me, and like, yeah, it's like, oh shit, it's like a local thing. Yeah, for sure. Ward Francis Weaver the third was born April 6, 1963, in Humboldt County, California, to Trish and Ward Weaver Jr. That's where the weed comes from. <laughs> 
That's what's fucking wrong with them. That's what where the weed used to come from. Now you can grow it anywhere you fucking want. Yeah. And it's a legal beagle. At least on the Pacific seaboard over here. <laughs> I thought you said Pacific cheese board. And I got real excited. And then I got real disappointed that that wasn't what you said. And it was a very I thought we weren't gonna. Word. I thought we weren't going to talk about food. I can't. You're going to give me a thing about cheese now. Where's cheese? Put it on the list already. <laughs> Put it on twice. <laughs> In 1967, Ward's father abandoned all products of his first marriage after receiving orders to serve in Vietnam. All products of his first marriage? Yeah, he's like, kids, wife, buy, starting over. Gotta go. The products, I'm cutting them. Cutting Liquidation it. sale, they all must go. <laughs> all wives and kids must go. <laughs> God, good product. morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Several years later, his mother Trish would remarry a man named Bob Budrow, an abusive alcoholic, before relocating to Portland, Oregon. Hmm. By the time he was 12, Ward's angry antisocial and sexually aggressive behavior was soon apparent. Tammy, his sister from the same first marriage, stated on several occasions that Ward had physically and sexually abused at least one member in their family. Correct. Hmm. His half-brother, Robert Budrow, corroborated... <laughs> <laughs> Collaborated the story. <laughs> Have you ever wanted a podcast with people with speech impediments? Yeah. You found it. <laughs> <laughs> His half brother, Robert Budrow, corroborated the story, adding Ward frequently beat him during their childhood. Hmm. So a peach of a guy. Just a just a real gem. <laughs> Robert suffered the worst out of all his siblings in terms of physical abuse, from being chained outside to shooting him close range with BB guns. What the fuck? Yeah, right? Um, the mom's like, it went out, one time she went out there and it was like, he was on, like, he had a, he was in a protest. Like, that's how he was, like, chained to the tree. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, all right, but I'm just like, gonna ignore this. Yeah, well, then they were, like, really never around. Um, like, very little supervision and were, like, more latchkey kids. Just straight up zero accountability. Hmm. Like, in growing up, like, I have brothers, and we have BB guns, but, like, I don't remember, like, getting shot at, <laughs> or if it, if, or, like, he was just a really bad shot, because I don't, I just, there was no intentional shooting that I'm aware of. Did, wait, were you shot at, oh, no, you're saying he was Yeah, like, we shot. were just, like, gotcha. shooting around, and it's, like, as far and, as like, I know. And it could also be, like, knowing what he now know, knew, he remembered things differently, too. Yeah, so it's like, we're having so much fun! It's all like, damn it! She keeps moving. <laughs> go chain myself to a tree. Go, I'm gonna go over here. As time went on, these claims would only be the beginning in a long stream of questionably made choices by Ward. In 1981, a female relative reported to the police that Ward had repeatedly beaten raped her. Hmm. So it's like, all these females are like, um... Oh, yeah. Totes creepy. Like, hey, this guy, this is the thing that's happening. Look out for this. Look out for yeah. this. Red flags. Police investigated the allegations of the abuse, but Multnomah County prosecutors decided not to pursue charges because Weaver had enlisted in the armed services and would be leaving Portland anyway. And they deemed it. It was useless to pursue of the abuse charges. Oh, my God. Like, they're like such... Like, well, he's going. <clears throat> yeah, like, how does that affect you? He's already leaving. Like, God, get over it. He's going to... He's going to Vietnam. Like, or not Vietnam. Yeah, what year Philippines. What was year was this? Uh, 81. This is when it was fun to be in the military. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll willingly enlist. Yes. What was that movie with Paulie Shore where he, he got... He went into the military? 
Oh. We're in the army now. Yeah, yeah. And they enlisted because they were told, like, no, there's never going to be another war. We're fine. It's peacetime. And then there's, like, <laughs> like some nope. desert storm shit happens or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, he straight up was just, he was like, all right, whatever. And then it helped if it was going to get him out of get a, out of jail free card. In 1981, while Ward was out gallivanting and avoiding the rape allegations, Ward's father and namesake was leaving his own legacy. Ooh. It's going to get kind of confusing because um, the guy, our, our main focus is Ward Weaver the mm-hmm. third. His father's name was Ward Weaver Jr. So just remember, okay. it's all. <clears throat> and that's junior. the one who who left his property, or yeah, okay. he's the one that's like, this is his dad. Where it's like, I'm gonna go serve. Good luck, Godspeed. Good luck, have fun, bye. Yeah. While living in California as a long haul trucker, Ward's estranged father, Ward Weaver Jr., took the lives of 18 year old Robert Radford and his 23 year old girlfriend Barbara Lavoy, huh. a, a couple whose only offense was their car had broken down and Ward had picked them up. Oh. Ward Jr. beat Robert Bradford to death with a makeshift pipe used on his rig and proceeded to take Barbara Lavoy on the road with him, raping her repeatedly before strangling her with a cloth diaper. Ward was still keeping on his schedule, and while making deliveries, Barbara's body was laying on the cab's floorboard. What the fuck? Ward Jr. buried the remains under a concrete slab in his home in Oroville, California. Under the guise of looking for a broken sewer pipe, Ward Jr. enlisted the help of his 10-year-old son, Rodney, uh, the main gentleman, Ward Weaver III's half-brother. Okay. Um, to dig the hole. While his son was in school, he poured concrete over the secret grave, the concrete later being covered by a hand-built wooden um, deck, kind of like a patio situation, like a hangout area. So Orville is um, north of Sacramento, between Sacramento and Redding. Oh, uh, okay. Not on the I-5. Not on the I-5. <laughs> so you're safe from that episode. <laughs> this time. This time. There's always next week. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. I don't even know what next week holds. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I should know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> After a 42-minute jury deliberation, the panel found Ward Weaver Jr. guilty of murder and sentenced him to death in late 1984. All right. While incarcerated, he confessed the motives of his actions, explaining that he'd be running... He had been running the roads in his big rig, wired up on Benzedrine. Ben... Benzedrine. On Benny's. On Benny's, yeah. I was like... <laughs> I'm such a... <laughs> That's okay. They don't know how, how to pronounce it either. Yeah, right? Um, in that he had picked up the young couple because he had a lot of time to kill, and he liked the challenge and excitement of forcing a woman to submit to him. Huh. Such a... Um, when, okay. It's um, like he set a goal for yourself, and like, yeah. it's a challenge, like, yeah. I'm gonna make this woman have sex with So, us. what the fuck? <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, yeah, no. Gross. Um, so we're gonna, alright, just so that's just in like a parallel, but not parallel, like, super off in the world universe. So that, that was, happened. Yeah, also happening. So we're gonna jump back to our, our main focus. The third. The third. So true to his word, word weaver the third, wow, that was not supposed to rhyme, but it did. <laughs> graduated from Marshall High School in Portland and joined the U.S. Navy Reserve. Ward worked as a cook aboard the aircraft carrier USS Corral C and was docked in the Philippines. Huh. Soon after, it was blatantly obvious that military life was not for Ward, and he was dishonorably discharged the following year on May 17, 1982, for heavy drinking and dereliction of duty. Just, just like, yo, no, I hate this. <laughs> but I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's hot. It's stupid. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> One good thing to come out of his naval experience in the Philippines was meeting his future wife, Maria Stout. Good for who? Neither of them. Okay, so not good. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, future One more Maria. bad thing to come from his military. <laughs> yeah, I should have been. At the time, it was good. The couple moved in with Weaver's parents, and she was soon pregnant. Ooh, moving into mom's house. Classy. Yeah. Ward had never lost his teenage aggression, though. In July 1982, five months into her pregnancy with their son, Francis... Ward physically assaulted Maria, and she was hospitalized with wounds to her face and head. Shit. Yeah, like... Beating on a pregnant woman. Yeah, that's real fucking big of you. Fucking asshole. Maria refused to press charges, and in December 1982, their first child, Francis, was born. The two finally married in 1984, and the couple relocated near Bakersfield, California. The pair settled on the area in an attempt for Ward to reconnect with his father, who was on trial for the capital murder and would be found guilty the same year. That's a good time to reconnect. Yeah, you're like, hey, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, it's perfect, because then if he's found guilty, then, oh, shucks, I wish I could have seen him more. Yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah. The two claimed they were catching up on, quote-unquote, a lot of lost time. This makes me wonder, like, if they were having... So... Bakersfield is pretty far away from there, though. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm like, it is. <laughs> well, like, he's in Oroville. That doesn't mean he was being held in Oroville. That's true. But it's like, so all of a sudden, like, they're talking more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you think he got inspiration or, like, he did his crimes, like, as a tribute to what his dad did? Well, I do know that, like, one of the, like, with Fred and Rosemary Rest, which we'll get to them eventually, but one of the things that... His dad told him, is like, you can do what you want, just don't get caught. And so that kind of taught him to, like... Like, oh, I to should do kill this. people instead of leaving survivors. Yeah, and just, like... I'm just imagining, like, is he just giving them pro tips? Like, is it just a father-son thing? Is it just, like, maybe he's trying to establish, like, why am I like this? Chances Which, are... I mean, was part of it, but... Chances are those two people that Junior killed... Yeah. Are not the first two people he killed. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably not. These are the first two people that got caught. That he got caught. So, yeah, he probably is saying, like, okay, well, this is what got me caught. Yeah, like, don't make this fuck up. But then he immediately <laughs> does the same exact thing. So spoiler it's, alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, yeah. two years later, on June 15th, 1986, Ward Weaver, now 23, had an argument with his wife, Maria. Ward left their home to go think and ended up drowning his sorrows in a Sunday of drugs and alcohol. Woo, Sundays. Six beers, six vodka screwdrivers, a little bit of weed, and a gram of speed cherry garnish on top. Woo! This guy's fucking blitz. He is ready to go. He's got all that all that shit, plus all the sugar from the orange juice. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the fuck? That's so many... That's so, fuck. so much. It's exhausting thinking about it. And like, like, uppers, downers... Sliders, righties. He needed, like, maybe if he had a, more weed, it yeah, would have helped like, balance things out. No, he's like, oh, and then you're like, I'm going to top it with a gram of speed. Like, Jesus Christ. That's as upper as it gets, Where I think. Where are you going? That, <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> up, up, and away. That was fuck. That was when the two daughters of Ward's friend, Ward's, God, of Ward's friends were driving by and saw Ward stumbling about. Whoops. Yeah. The two girls picked him up outside a bowling alley in Fairfield. Whoops. Double whoops. I don't know where that. While driving Ward home, heavily inebriated, he requests that the girls pull over so he could relieve himself. 
When he was outside the car, he took the time to come around and attack one of the girls, striking the 15-year-old with a block of concrete and then pulling the girl to the floorboard in a headlock. Jesus. The other sister intervened and then traffic and stuff was going by, so luckily they were able to, like, quickly see what was going on and it stopped right there. But it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. I used to live near Fairfield. Don't get hit with concrete. Don't, just don't be on the side of the road. Ever. Okay. Can you just do that for me? I will never, ever run out of gas. Perfect. Or get a flat tire. <gasps> Good. If all goes well. <laughs> Let me just knock on some wood here. Yeah. Because <laughs> those are things that happen to me all the time. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Don't have family friends that creep you out. There you go. Check. Wait. Fuck. The trick is to distance, make them not like you. Not you be the recluse. Reason. Yeah. I am the recluse in my family right now, I think. There you go. There you go. You're technically, st- like, statistically Done. the safest. I'm the person that they don't want to give a ride to. I would give you a ride. Thank you. Oh, you're Have to be like a piggyback ride, though. Yeah, no. I'm like, hey, get on my, you want to share yak tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear the one and you wear the other one. <laughs> uh, Ward was sentenced to three years in prison for the attack of the 15-year-old girl. Right. Um, I, I didn't use their names because they, in the whole... Like, trying to find it was kind of weird. Like, they made it a purpose to yeah. not really talk it's about not, it. It's not. I mean, we know. And they were younger, and it's yeah. in the time frame. It's kind of. Victims' rights. They have yeah. the right to be <clears throat> private if they want. After this release, several years later, Ward and Maria relocated to Canby, Oregon. Canby! Canby! Together, they owned and operated a local gift shop with some friends and grew their family. Maria would give birth to their fourth child, Mallory, in 1989. Oh, Mallory. I like that name. Isn't that cute? By 1993, Maria was done with, just done with Ward and his bullshit because it's just... Bullshit? It's just bullshit. Like, yeah. after like, oh, really? Like, I waited. Why the fuck did I wait three years? Like, first of all, like, Jesus. And then you just, it just cycles into just worse and worse. So she was done. She filed a restraining order. What year and, was that? Uh, 93. That's crazy that both of our stories the last two weeks have the same. We're we're um, true crime synced. <laughs> We've synced our true crime period. <laughs> Literally, because these are time periods. Oh, oh! sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Police records and family interviews revealed in the divorce proceedings that Ward was involved in selling cocaines and meth. <laughs> cocaines? Cocaines. Selling cocaine. <laughs> like cocaine, zen, and meth. Cocaine. <laughs> and, and the meth. Methamphetamines. Hmm, methamphetamines. So it's like, oh, yeah. It'd be like one of those things, like, you just keep finding out more and more bullshit in a situation. You're like, oh, of course you are. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, oh, you're already selling doing meth? Yeah. yeah. Oh, why not? Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm trying to think of an analogy, like, with food. Like, <laughs> like, I'm already selling Hostess cupcakes. I might as well sell chips. I don't know. What? I don't know. I'm thinking of, like, one-stop shop. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. like, like yeah, you go into Fred's and you're yeah. like, well, I need... Yeah, I mean, I need di- everything for dinner here in you're, one place. You're, you're diversifying. And the pans to cook it in. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just like meth. Just like meth. (laughs) Diversify your drug assets. (laughs) Ward continued his vicious cycles of abusive relationships, and his next victim was his new girlfriend, Christy Sloan. 
Poor Christy. In, in July 1995, Ward had beaten Christy with a cast iron skillet, which hopefully he did not get from Fred Meyer. Oh, God. Do you think it was seasoned? Um, let's see. <laughs> did it not Divide say in the article? <laughs> July of 95. July, it could have been he's summer. Probably the, hamburgers. He's probably that kind of asshole who put his cast iron in the dishwasher. Somehow, like, my eye twitched when you said that. <laughs> like, cast iron in a dishwasher, and I, my brain shut down. I was scared because you paused for a minute, I and like, I was afraid you were going to say, Does it not go? <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> but good. I'm glad you were going the other way. Fuck. <laughs> no, no. I have to go. <laughs> this is your house. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> he was jailed for the incident, but Christy refused to testify him in court. I love him. But I love him. But I love him. Christy, come on. Get your head out of your ass. By October, they were back together, and by February 1996, they were married. Ooh, romantic. That's, that's the opposite of getting your head out of your ass. That's supposed to be, like, that's the opposite of how relationships are supposed, la, 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 are supposed to go. First, you get married, and you're all happy. Then he becomes abusive. Yeah. And you file charges and refuse to. Do it at all. Ass do backwards. Anything. Oh, God damn it. All right. It's okay. It's okay. It only lasted four years. It's so. harder than it than it sounds like to leave an abusive relationship. Oh yeah, and we'll talk like yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's we got you. Uh, like I said, and luckily it only lasted four years. Um, uh, but in 1997 he did begin an affair with a woman at his work. So it's of just course. like she's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, yep, not surprised. Just That's probably continuing what... to not be surprised at this point. <sighs> That's probably why she left, not because of all the beatings, because he cheated. On... God damn. But Ladies. Like, yeah, they well, they were still together at this point. Okay. <coughs> they didn't leave till later. In an effort to distance themselves, the couple had rented a house on South Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City. It was in Oregon City that Mallory, Warden Maria's then 12-year-old daughter, so pre his daughter mm-hmm. from the first marriage, uh, became friends with Ashley Marie Pond and Miranda Diane Gaddis. The three girls were students together at Gardner Middle School and even members of the same extracurricular dance class. In August 2001, Ashley Pond came forward and accused Ward of attempting to rape her at his home while she was over visiting Mallory. The incident was reported to police. However, law enforcement never formally filed charges, more or less ignoring the situation. What the fuck? She's a teenager. She's a teenager. A minor. Yeah, it's fucking wrong. I'm bad at math and it's fucking wrong. On the morning of January 9th, 2002, Ashley Pond left her home at the Newell Creek Village Apartments where she and Miranda Gaddis also resided. So big old, like a big strip of complexes. We used to live in one. Yeah. To walk to the nearby bus stop, but Ashley never arrived. This was not like Ashley. So quickly, friends and family, including Miranda and Ward's daughter, Mallory, began to search for her. The girls' dance team also organized a fundraiser to help assist in the search for Ashley, which they had scheduled for the upcoming March 23rd, 2002. The fundraiser would ultimately take on a different turn when on the morning of March 8th, 2002, Miranda Gaddis also disappeared. Shit. Making quick work. The FBI initiated a task force to search for the girls, stating in a press conference that there is a growing belief that the cases are related and while there's a slight hope that they have run away, there's a growing belief that this is some kind of criminal activity involved. Mm. <laughs> don't like growing beliefs. I know. It's just it's my, the opposite beliefs I want them to be going Yeah. On. I don't want to have this belief, but it's growing. It's Oh, it's growing. <laughs> 
After both girls went missing, Ward Weaver, with the help of his oldest son Francis, dug a hole in his yard and covered it with concrete. Ward told his son that the new slab was a pad for the for a hot tub he wanted to purchase. Gross. Our very own local K2 news reporter, Anna Song. I don't Woo! know if you ever, like, Anna Song. I'm like, oh shit. I like, hear K2 News. I don't know who Anna Song is. I, I remember this. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I remember her all the time on the news. Conducted. How 90s does she look? <laughs> Probably Supra. Supra. <laughs> Get it? 90s. This is like a little like side blurb. So I made a little like, hey, Mike, can you go to Joanne's while I'm at work? And I like left a thing to like list of like what I wanted him to pick up. And it said more like M-O-A-R, Supra Glob. And he just looks at it like, the fuck's a Supra Glob? <laughs> and he's like looking at it. He's like, oh, a more spells stupid. <laughs> he's like, oh, it makes it oh, super glue. I'm like, yes, more Supra Glob. Uh, reporter Anason conducted an interview with Ward prior to the arrest, during which he had stood atop the concrete slab where Ashley Pond was buried. When asked about the slab, Weaver replied, I'm putting in a jacuzzi. The last time I checked, that wasn't against the law. Ah! He is very concerned about doing things against the law. Right? Ward believed himself that he was the FBI's prime suspect, even though at the time that no information had been released. During a July 9th, 2002 interview with Good Morning America, Ward commented, I have no problem with them looking at me as a suspect. The problems are coming with what they're doing as far as questions that are being asked of my family. They're telling parents of my daughter's friends not to spend time or spend the night at, you know, not to let their daughters spend the night over because I'm the prime suspect and their daughter might be next. Yeah, yeah that's sound no advice. fucking shit, that's a, Sherlock. You know what? If two girls are missing, don't let any of your kids spend the night anywhere. Every yeah. night at home. Yeah. You're like, by fucking, yeah, no, by dusk, you're, your ass is home at this point. That like, I don't dusk. even know, as a parent, I'd be like, and this shit's happening? No. I'm going to pick you up from school, and I'm going to drop you off, and I'm going to helicopter the shit out of you till this is resolved. Sorry. This is the world we're living in. <laughs> 35 days later, on August 13th, 2002, Francis called the police, claiming that his father, Ward, was attempting to rape his 19-year-old girlfriend. God, that's gotta be awkward. <laughs> no, Dad, stop! Stop! <laughs> Damn it, Dad! <sighs> when speaking to the police, Francis suggested that his father had also been involved in the murders of Ashley Pond and Miranda Gaddis. Ward Weaver III was arrested for the attempted sexual assault, subsequently initiating the warrant for the search of his property. He just cannot <laughs> keep it together. No. He's an, an excessive gay. <laughs> A wild and crazy excessive <laughs> wild guy. Wild and crazy murder dude. Ashley Pond's stepmother, who had already suspected Ward in both disappearances from the get-go, Erected a sign next to the concrete slab on that his said, property. That said, I told you so. Sorry. <laughs> no, it said, dig me up. <gasps> it's almost creepy. Yeah, and you were joking about it right before I got sorry, to the sad part, sorry, you bitch. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's what I was like. I was like, you like, like, next to told you so. No, like, she went no. in this, like, on the property and put it up and, like, I couldn't. Could you imagine doing that? Like, having that, like, feeling in your gut, like, I know that's... This needs to happen. Yeah. Do it now. Like, I'm gonna leave a note. Yeah, like, fuck you. <sighs> the FBI began the search of Weaver's property on South Beaver Creek Road on August 24th, 2002. 
On that fateful day, FBI agents would discover Miranda Gaddis's remains inside an empty microwave box in a storage shed behind Ward's home. Oh my god. On day two of the search, on August 25th, the remains of Ashley Pond were unearthed from beneath the concrete slab from the backyard, where they had been stored in a 55-gallon barrel. Oh, father like son, both terrible people. On October 2nd, 2002, Ward, while still under arrest in jail for the attempted rape of his son's girlfriend, when he was indicted and charged with the following counts involving the missing girls. Six counts of aggravated murder, two counts of abuse of a corpse in the second degree, one count of sexual abuse in the first degree, one account of attempted rape in the second degree, one count of attempted aggravated murder, one count of se- first-degree attempted rape, one count of sexual abuse in the first degree, one count of sexual abuse in the second degree, and two counts of sexual abuse in the third degree. How many counts is that? Oops, all counts. Lots of <laughs> One count. Ah, 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 ah. Womp. In 2002, Governor John Kitsopper would launch a multi-agency investigation into the first report of Ward's abuse of Pond in 2001 to see if those events could have been, you know, prevented. Yeah, you know how those go, you know how you prevent those? Do the fucking paperwork. Yeah. See something fucking all the way through. Seriously. Jesus Christ. You dumb. You mean he tried to do this already once and he got caught? Have we tried stopping him? No, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll stop on his own. No. Hi, do you think he'll stop? Oh, I'm sure he'll stop. I'm sure he'll stop. He's he's been, he's been very controlled of his actions like since so, then, right? No. And I mean, look at his family history—just <laughs> gems all it's around, fucking gold. On September 2004, Ward Weaver pled guilty on two charges and no contest to the rest. To avoid the death penalty, Ward agreed to a plea bargain in which he was sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. Lock him up. Lock him up. Ward Weaver <laughs> was to serve his sentence at the Snake River Correctional Institution in Eastern Oregon. Ward would be housed in the Administrative Segregation Unit as they require protection from the rest of the prison population. So that's where they keep um, sex crimes... Children abuse, that kind of stuff. So, so other people you don't get, you earned your own special spot because you shouldn't be around. Yeah, not even criminals like you. Yeah, how fucked up do you have to like really have made life choices to be like even stone cold like murder murderers of like and gang people and gang violence and all these other things look at you with disgust. Yeah, as they should. Along with 44 other inmates, Ward's sentence had been uneventful thus far up until March 4th, 2007. So a couple years of a little minimal action. I mean, it's, like I said, you're in that unit yeah. with other people like you. So I'm imagining that unless you're your own kind of special, which we'll get into, <laughs> you really get fucked with. On March 4th, he, while walking into the facility's barbershop for a haircut, Ward was attacked by a fellow inmate, Marvin Lee Taylor. The barber revealed a handmade shiv and attacked him, causing injuries to his neck and shoulder. God, the barber's the person you need to trust the most. And he's all like, that's terrifying. You know, and like, no, let me just get this. Oh, I hope it didn't nick either. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was before, like, he even even established that, like, they didn't do, like, the dramatic, like, I'm getting the haircut. Here's your big oh, like, thing. He just straight up just like, no, we're doing it. That's like straight razors always make me so nervous. I highly doubt that they're allowed to have straight razors. No, it was, I mean. They're probably like kids with scissors. <laughs> Kid scissors, like little fisk, like children's fiskers, yeah. like the rounded. <laughs> yeah. Are the ones like the little crinkle scallops? Both. 
home. <laughs> Sadly for us, Ward survived the attacks and the barber was placed in solitary confinement. Go on time out. Good job, though. But like, yeah, and like the other guys were like, I mean... <laughs> In 2009, Miranda Gaddis's younger sister, Mariah, met the monster who ruined her life in prison on two separate occasions. Mariah told reporters, I had to know what happened, and it was the only way to, I could put it behind me and to heal. In their brief interactions at the prison, Ward admitted to two things, that he killed his sister and her friend with his bare hands, and secondly, that he had planned on murdering Mariah next. <gasps> <sighs> You were next. Yeah. And she never went back. Oh, weird. She wasn't. I was really scared. It was going to be like, and then they fell in love and got married. Because I could see that and it's terrifying. Yeah. I would, me? Me? Like some fucked up grooming reversal Stockholm bullshit. Long term plan there. Take notes, M. Night. Like, there's your new plot twist. (laughs) But that's how plot twist. We ruined it for you. It's the happening all over again. That's not. I can't not talk about it, but, like, I want to talk about it. So not diving, like, super duper into it. We do have a person in, like, our family that was serving at Snake River at the same time. And I can't validate that they were, like, BFFs or anything. But it wasn't impossible that they They didn't didn't. interact at all. Yeah. So it's, like, overall, Snake River is, like, it's a huge facility and it actually holds thousands. But, like, with only so many. I don't know. I was, like... There's, out of all of your chances of being in a one-mile radius of someone, yeah. like, I bet there was a time that someone somehow, they, like, it's just weird to me. Like, ugh. I weird. would say, though, what I know of the situation, I don't think the family member would want to be around Associate that person. With I'm, the, I'm assuming, because... I'm going to assume that everyone just knows better and they just know their shit and wouldn't well, want to start shit. The mur- when you cross the murder line... They go into like their a, own there's area. There's another little... Sub-layer. Sub-layer there, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a murderer, so, like, not, so, like, no. super... It's just... Snake River holds a shit ton of people. And it was... It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's just, like, a messed up, like, so like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, it's like, mm, we're, like, yeah. two degrees away from a, a murderer. Isn't it weird? Super weird. It's pretty weird. While Ward's father left as a child and didn't have a whole lot to do with his upbringing, Ward's father influence resulted in, in several shocking parallels. Like, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh, Trish's, Trish Weaver, Ward's mother, wondered, like, is it, like, chemistry? Is it genetics? Like, what are the odds that this was going to happen, father and yeah. son? And they didn't know of each other until it they had were already, already kind of started going down that path. Yeah. Uh, preference to where they chose to bury the bodies, however, wasn't the only similarity. Both father and son were abusive, unspeakably abusive, actually, to their siblings and cruel to animals growing up, having been raised in homes with relentless violence. Other similarities included strict rules of conduct for their wives and lovers, targeting only the weak and vulnerable, and insatiable sexual tendencies, both also being guilty of beating and raping family members throughout the years. Ward Weaver III was open about his anger an inability to control it. During acts of violence, both father and son would become strangely detached during their attacks. Ward at the times believed that the violent outbursts he felt was if someone was controlling him and felt that someone that someone just might be his father. Like he's mm, living. Yeah. Like his father is somehow vicariously living and killing through him. Or like him. he wants that attachment to yeah, his father. Like so that's, he's trying to follow his 
like in his so footsteps creepy. or something. It's just and it was his son that pretty basically turned him in, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, is I mean, it sounds like his son's a better person, but oh no, I was just gonna say like, but I'm dramatically don't... shaking my head and like smirk, like smirking, smirking. She smirking. looks so smug with her I'm smirk. Smirking. Okay, all right. Give give me the. Do you want the scoop on? Give me the on Francis. Give me the scoop on Francis, Mister. Please don't rate my girlfriend, Dad. Yeah. So now that we know we've seen and read enough to know that more often than not, violence begets violence. Mm-hmm. Circle of circle. Abuse. Yep. It's a vicious. It's it's like a circle. It's a circle. Word son Francis was no exception. Once hailed as a hero for turning in his father, Francis himself has a long history of crime and violence throughout his life. Hailed as a hero by Rose. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. In August 2005, a Multnomah County jury acquitted Francis Weaver and a friend of robbery and burglary in an incident at a southeast Portland house. As Weaver had already pled guilty a week earlier in Clatsop County, hey, hey. <laughs> of possessing marijuana with intent to sell. He Whoops. just... Like, all right. Now we're going to... He already... He's going to already serve time. Fuck it. Hmm. Weird. His dad also was going to serve time, but then they're like, fuck it. That's weird. Weird. It's like a... Strange... Cycle. Cycle. Of some sort. Hmm. (sighs) Also want to mention that November that same year, Francis Weaver's brother, Alex... Because they had several children. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, they kept having kids. Pled guilty to felony attempted assault in Clackamas County Circuit Court after he struck an 18-year-old Milwaukee man in the head with a rubber mallet. Oh, Grandma is just like, what did I do? What, what have I fuck? done? I started this. <laughs> Alex, at age 20, was sentenced to two years in prison and three years probation. Um, just furthering the fact that this whole family is fucked. Fucked, fucked, fucked. Francis, in on February 17th, 2014, would make the news again, but this time being arrested and charged for murder. Murder! Murder! He and three others had robbed and killed Edward Spangler, a Grants Pass drug dealer in Canby, Oregon, the day prior. Francis was sentenced to life in prison on March 9th, 2016. Jesus. Francis Weaver was charged with the murder in the case, even though he was not the gunman. The victim's mother, Alice Spangler, she believed this sentence was appropriate, stating while Francis may have not pulled the trigger, he had set the drug dealer up and planned to rob her son. Weaver gave the gun to the man who shot Edward. But in a weird, strange turn of events during the trial, it was discovered through DNA testing that Francis Weaver and Ward Weaver were not biologically related. <gasps> I don't know why, but when I found that out, it gave me, like, this tinge of joy. I don't know. I'm like, Maria got one pseudo-fuck-you in there somewhere. Yeah. Like, she's like, well, you know what? No. Francis isn't even yours. Yeah. Boom. Drop the mic. I mean, still super fucked up. Wait, that's the oldest one, right? Yeah. The, from, like, maybe that's why he beat her? Yeah, I was just thinking that. But I'm just like, fuck you, buddy. Like, but then it's, it's, it's a, is it nurture or nature? At that point? That, that's the point where, it's like, nurture. at first you're like, is it nature because it's genetic and yeah, you're, and you're like, really involved? Oh, and then it's mind nurture. <gasps> Bam! Wow. Motherfuck. Uh, yeah, wow. just completely, I was like, what the fuck? When I found that out. I was like, god damn it, guys. This whole family. So you have granddad, your father, and then your stepson. And then the brother is also doing shit. And then just all this. Fuckery. That is... Oh, no. It's ridiculous. 
but it was <laughs> I don't know. That basically wraps that basically wraps it up. But I was just like, what the fuck? Jesus. Oh no. Um yeah, guys, that like that wraps up our official fan requested episode. Woo! Thank you guys. Thank you real like for real so so much. Um we wouldn't be doing this and having fun without you. If you have a story, like I said, send us an email. Yes, 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 yes. Please do. Um, you can reach us at sisteraxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at sister underscore X and on Instagram and Facebook at sisteraxpodcast. Thank you so much. We love hearing all of your random X thoughts. Hell yeah. Like we said, give us some more ideas. Let us this know what so you want to hear. And it's, yeah, because like we do this, like we do this for like fun and we just like learning about all this stuff. But like, I like seeing what you guys want to hear. Yeah. Like, oh, and you're opening up all these doors. Because when I heard, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Ward Weaver III. Yeah, I remember that happening. Did I fucking know that his whole family was a clusterfuck? No! Am I glad I know? Of course! Now we can be afraid of everyone! Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah! Just terrified of bus stops now for no reason intense. It's gonna be fine. But no, it's awesome, and keep it up. Yeah, we love it. Thank Wait. you so much. Thank you! Bye! Bye! Bye.